Hello to all our viewers. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> this is the podcast cosmic. I'm Vlad. And this is the eighth episode of the podcast cosmic. As you can see, the jaded hat down there below is, is, is putting up eight fingers for our eighth episode. Yes, we've actually made it to an eighth episode. So uh, I'm going to take it around the horn so everybody can say hi. Um, Happy anniversary, guys. Two months. Two months, right? Mm. Longer than some relationships I've had. <laughs> uh, Artan. Iliopolis XD here with another Destiny <laughs> 2 uh, Yeah, well, I don't think we're talking about Destiny 2 today, but uh, glad everybody can make it. Uh, Keith, aka the Jaded Hat. And uh, just so everybody knows, we're going to be taking up a fun collection because Artie, as you can see, is incarcerated right now. He looks like he's in a jail or he's 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 kidnapped. So people have started asking us for money. Uh, so we're going to try to take up a little penny. Stands, so. Yep. So welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Cosmic. This week is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we are doing a themed episode and we'll give you sort of the uh, breakdown in a second. Um, obviously this is going to be a multi-part episode where we're going to talk, we're going to start breaking down 1982 and, uh, the year in sort of geekdom, which it's celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. And it, the impetus came up because today is the 40th anniversary of, of John Belushi's death. I'm no, for, for, for all of our four viewers, uh, I'm sure they know who John Belushi is and what he meant to us from a comedy perspective from Saturday Night Live and everything of that sort. And that sort of got us thinking about, wow, 1982 has all this amazing uh, pop uh, culture uh, relevance, you know, touch tones throughout the throughout the year that have resonated for 40 years right now and kind of shaped the four of us in many ways. So I think today we're going to focus primarily on movies and I'm going to be throwing out a bunch of movies to the guys to sort of remind them what, uh, what 1982 actually offered and what came out in 1982. And that's going to take us down a number of rabbit holes. And so bear with us. And then in subsequent episodes, we'll be focusing on comics uh, you know, touch, you know, very, you know, very, um, comics. huge comics, 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 comics. I won't have and anything to say about any. You comics. won't have anything to say about that. Sure. Okay. You know, we're still reeling. We're still butthurt by your, your, your scathing review of iron fist. Number one from last time, you know, we had to get out some desks. Well, I don't think anybody read my review of justice league incarnate number five. I put on the Facebook page. Mm -hmm. I did. Thank you. That's okay. I even heard I heard it before too. <laughs> <laughs> and music and potentially sort of uh, video games. Video games is a big thing for us because that was a very formative year for a lot of platforms and a huge, uh, huge video games that were released that year that have stuck with us. Pitfall, anyone? So, uh, <laughs> I used to love that game. Yes, I did too. I remember the day I got it too. Yep. So before we start with the movies, um, 
uh, tidbits, you know, uh, obviously the big news this week is the Batman was released earlier this week. You know, when we're recording this, it's been out for a few days. Uh, we're the, we have four hermits here that have not seen it yet. <laughs> I will be seeing it tomorrow and I will be providing sort of a spoiler free review next week. Uh, other than that, um, other news, other big news, we're not hey. talking to. I, I would say a week later, I don't think we need to be spoiler free. I mean, do we need, really need to preempt? You really I, want to piss I, off George? Oh, I forgot George. I'm not, I'm not going to pay money to see this movie. So yeah, it's a DC movie. I couldn't care less. <laughs> okay, Keith, did we lose Keith? But I would think that most people I'm have back. seen or heard about what's going on. Like by next week, everything's going to be proliferating the internet like well, it's, already it's already proliferating. It's already proliferating. On the director, too. So yeah, and it's already proliferating. And you know, there's huge stuff out there and and stuff like that. Keith, do you care if I spoil it for you guys next week? I do not. All right, then I'm gonna spoil well, it. Sure. Spoil- like, yeah, it had is a Batman villain anyway, right? That's riddle me this, Batman. What color hat is jaded? <laughs> so uh, you know, Batman's the big stuff. Um obviously, um DC, um, not DC, Disney, Disney Plus put out a a sizzle reel for all the new stuff that's coming in March, and then they left out, they they, they brought in all the Netflix stuff, sw- um, all the Netflix stuff with uh, in the in the advertisement, with the exception of with the exception of Iron Fist. Oh, I wonder why. I wonder because why. Well, all- last week. Would you like say it's toxic? So they can't use our Iron Fist. They can't use Iron Fist. They right. already rant about it, so they're like, "Fuck this! We got to cut them out." Why they've got to cut them out? Yeah. And uh, other than that, um, this is fine by me. Other than that, there's you know there's there's shows that came out that we we are refusing to talk about this week because we're we've decided we've committed to this 1982 um, walk down memory lane. Uh, before, yeah. Would you say? What's what, what what TV shows are coming out this week? Uh, Star Trek Picard episode uh, one right. dropped. You know, sort of that's a big that's a big one for for fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, Did uh, the boys cartoon drop? The yeah. boy Di- diabolical dropped as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what else dropped. And that guy's in the news too, right? The guy plays. Uh, he something happened with him as well. Yes, yeah, something he- happened with him. He's uh, got arrested for drunk driving or something. Yes, or, correct. Or spitting on a cop or something, you know. But the one thing I am actually excited about, I know you guys are going to be like, really? Uh, when we do, when we run our next podcast is, in addition to the Batman, I know that the Adam Project drops on Netflix next week. Oh, that would be fun to watch. I, That's supposed that to be really, that looks really interesting, I think. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to kind of geek out on that. Um other than that did you guys see the preview for bullet train yeah it, it yeah. looks it looks it looks it looks fun it does it's a lot of fun it looks and like it, it's irreverent you know it looks like it looks like it's going to be and he looks like he's playing out a character i mean a, like a cool character type of thing mm-hmm. i like it yeah bullet train looks really uh fun it looks like a train full of assassins trying to do something with brad pitt it seems like there's a, a fun cast Really, really uh, fun, good action. I, it looks really good. I, train Wick. The tri- Excuse me? Train Wick. Yeah, Train right? Wick. And then it's another the, really good trailer. Kind of The Bubble? Is bonnet. that the one? The Bubble? Is that the one? Yeah, the bubble? bubble looks hilarious. The, the new Apatow movie. Yeah. I, and, and the thing is, for me, 
looking at it, and maybe you guys know better than I do, it doesn't look like a traditional Apatow. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Help! I I love the cast. I mean, the cast is amazing. Yeah, it looks a lot fun. It looks like it's just. It, it doesn't take itself seriously, even though it looks like some of the characters are playing it serious. You know, it, it looks hilarious. The, the, I think it's it's really, it looks really interesting. It does. What's the premise of it? So the premise it, is they're making some big budget film in the middle of the epidemic, or it looks like. Pandemic, yeah. yeah. The pandemic. And, and it's just, uh, they're making some like uh, in a series of films, almost like a, um, you know, Jurassic Park slash Fast and Furious big budget series of action movies mm-hmm. and they're doing it. It looks hilarious. You got Kate McKinnon in it. You know, she, she's in the preview for like five seconds. And but it's great. It's it hilarious. is really great. I mean, it really looks like a lot of fun, Keith. I, I, I really recommend kind of coming out of the podcast today, just looking at it. And anybody who's watching, I'll check it out. Watch you posted it. You posted it, right, Artie? You, you yeah. did post it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of Kate McKinnon, the other thing that came out was uh, the the Tiger King sh- uh, limited series on Peacock with her. She's yeah. playing Carol, Carol, whatever her name Baskin, is. Baskin, Carol Baskin. She's not, getting, uh, she's not getting good reviews, though. Yeah, I'm. She's like not that. getting real good reviews of the show. She's not. They're saying the John Cameron Mitchell who plays Tiger Joe is fantastic, but he's always been really good in anything. And that she just plays a Kate McKinnon character. So, mm-hmm. and it takes you out of it. The thing was, I wasn't going to watch it and I had yeah. no interest. And I didn't realize it was on Peacock. I thought it was, com- for some reason, I thought it was coming out on Netflix. <laughs> but do any of you have any interest in it? Did you watch Tiger King? I, I, I enjoyed Tiger King, I thought what it was worth because it was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it was like, holy fuck, what am I watching? I didn't watch the second yeah, I didn't watch it or whatever that was. I think, you know, there's only so much real life train wreck you want to watch. Right. Right. So, yeah. and I didn't care. I don't, I don't really care. And I, I agree with a, a particular review that's out there. It's like, is there really a reason to dramatize something that's already kind of over the top and dramatic? Yeah. It's so absurd in terms of like the, rea- the reality. It's, it's crazy. So did, before we move on, did you guys watch anything good this week? I watched a couple of things. I know you guys have no interest, but I watched the season finale of Euphoria promised our viewer that we weren't <laughs> going to talk about euphoria listen i love I just i loved it uh you know i'm team fez all the way it has you know really sad sad parts to it is that a hat fez is that a hat like a like a- <laughs> he's a character a great character the and, jughead of the show yeah pretty much and then i liked um i watched the third episode of uh Jesus, the, the kanye documentary and he's in the news quite a lot over the last weeks uh taking snipes pretty bad ones and stalk pete davidson and stalking your favorite character your favorite actor of yeah all i'm time. not i'm no fan of pete davidson but you know kanye you need to step off you know that not Can a, do a video with him burying him alive or yeah it's, yeah look i have no love for pete davidson i think he's talentless i don't care who likes him uh i i don't know why he's been given the spotlight and getting like an extended 15 minutes of fame uh, but he's found nobody, love with Kim Kardashian. Yeah, but nobody well, he's found love home. with plenty of women, yeah, apparently. Yeah, but just to talk about this for a second, you know, Kanye is really tr- treating Kim badly. And, you know, as much as you may not like Kim, she's a mom with a child and he shouldn't be behaving like this and o- overtly or not overtly making threats towards Pete Davidson. It's just, he just shouldn't be doing it. 
Anyway. Pulling OJ, what? Yeah, yeah, seriously. And then even though I did like the limited series, limited docuseries, I think it's worth watching if you get a chance. And then today I watched The Last Duel. Uh, did I like it? Yes, I liked it, uh, primarily on the strength of the cast. And I think overall design looks really nice. It's filmed very well. I, I mean, you said it's Ridley Scott. Obviously, it's going to be beautiful to look at. Uh, but I, I, it wasn't what I expected. I, get, I don't even know what I was expecting. I was expecting more of a straightforward kind of movie. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be it's supposed to be told from different perspectives and stuff. I always feel that Adam Driver is great in whatever he is. You know, I could take or leave Matt Damon and Jodie Cormer is uh, she's I mean, I don't know if you guys have watched Killing Eve, but she's fucking amazing on that but, show. But let me ask you something. You don't think um, Matt Damon is and what's Matt Damon? Do? What? I'm sorry. Matt Damon is a good actor overall. I like them in the Bourne movies. I I don't know. I I, I just but, but Bourne movies not again. I'm thinking like you don't think he's like a good actor. Like it depends on the role. It depends on the role. But I think Adam Driver. Oh, Adam, Adam Driver is committed in anything that he's in. I always feel that you know he's he's riveting enough to me that you 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 stand up and pay attention to whatever well, he's in. In that movie where he's like a screenwriter. A couple Marriage of Story is that the Marriage that was Story? Great. Is that, that the one with with Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that was amazing. I'll be honest with you guys. It, it, I, I, I didn't want to, my wife watched it. I didn't want to watch it because it just seemed honestly a little too painful. That's me being. Yeah, honest. it was, but they did a good job of it. Yeah. Showing like the things that happen in relationships and stuff like that. I thought it was great. And then what's his face is in it too. Uh, ben Affleck. Oh, you know, that's oh yeah. Well, yeah. Be, now you got to remember they both wrote it. Oh, I didn't. I Damon didn't and that. Affleck. This is the first thing they co-wrote together since in, since Goodwill Hunting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but uh, he has an interesting character, and, and again, he for some reason, despite everything that Ben Affleck does, he always sounds the same. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I like him a lot. I I like him a lot. You do I, really? Yeah. Really? All yeah, right. I did. One movie I liked that I thought he was great in was The Town. I don't know if you ever saw that. Well, The Town was a great... Well, The Town was great. Argo was great. Argo was really great, yeah. you know? And, and you know, I mean, I... He's really good at Mole Rats. Mole Rats. <laughs> mole Rats. I, I, I liked him in Chasing... We all love Mole Rats. Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. Amy. He was great in Chasing Amy. And Chasing Dogma. Amy was... I, I liked Chasing Amy a lot. I, I thought Dogma. it was... Which one? Dogma. Well, dogma. Dogma. well yeah. yeah, dogma. Yeah, I got I kind of that that I'm not a huge fan of dogma. I do like the skewerverse, you know, the the first few movies. And then later on, I do like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I did like the reboot. I thought it was pretty good. You know, I'm I'm a fan of Kevin Smith to some extent. Um, not a comic extent. book line coming out from Dark Horse, from what I understand as well. Surely. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, but speak. I was going to tell you, Artie, before you jump, because you brought up Pete Davidson. I got to tell you, one of the things that I watched that I I really enjoyed for the most part. Anytime John Mulaney hosts Saturday Night Live, I'm there. I'm sorry, and that was and I don't. Really I, good monologue. It not only, the monologue was fucking. You're great. Talking about the last one he did. This not one, the, the last week one with the lobster. No, this one with the churro. The, well, again, did you see this week? Of course, I saw it. 
I saw it. it was I think I, I never was a fan of John Mulaney. And then I started kind of watching his stand up and then watch. Well, first, the Saturday Night Lives. First of all, I was a huge fan of I've always been a huge fan of, of, of Bill Hader, Stefan. And when I found out that he's writing it and sort of. Oh, way, really? So he's yeah. dude. No, 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 no. The way he would write it, they would he would have, you know, because, you know, in Saturday Night Live, they're doing everything off of cue cards. Yeah. Right. So Bill Hader, they would do the read through, you know, the first one that's before televised. And then and then what Mulaney. he would do, what Mulaney would do is he would change things at the last minute for the live audience. That's why Hader's cracking up. Yeah. Well, Hayner can never keep a straight face anyway. But, He's easy to break. But yeah. you, you know what? For me, I loved Hayner. Oh, I love I, I, I love Hayner for everything. Barry's yeah. fucking great. Anything he's in. But the thing about Hayner is I don't mind when he breaks. Oh, I don't mind either. I don't mind. I fucking hated when 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 Jimmy Fallon broke. I didn't realize that um that 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 uh Mulaney had done had written for Stefan and stuff like that. I knew he was on the show, but uh I didn't think last episode was the strongest in previous appearances that he had. But uh, his I, but his monologue to, to Keith's point, I thought was first of all, it it tackled all his shit. Uh-huh. You know, he put it out there and he and he and he dealt with it in a great way. And I thought, you know, I don't know, Keith, I don't know if you ever want to add anything to that, but I thought it was I thought it was no, it did it like how we talked about his addiction. The best part was like the breaking up with his uh with the drug dealer. That was amazing. Was hilarious. That was amazing. Oh, but let and, me just say well, before I just while I'm on the the, the, the comedy, I, I found this guy, Bo Burnham. Just recently. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's he did a show inside, but he did this great set piece uh, where he did like a, a, a rant, like he did a, a version of a rant that Kanye West did. Uh, it's it's amazing. Oh, I gotta go check it out. Dude, you got it's amazing. I mean, it's it's kind of sad and, and like it gets dark, but it's is that but that so recent well. special that's on Netflix? Well, Inside is a new special. His new okay. special, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, he's got some catchy tunes that. I mean, he's really a really good. I'll know, check it out. Definitely worth so, it. I'm sorry I took it there, but did you guys see anything that you wanted to talk about? It just felt Severance. Like- I did see Severance, the fourth episode of Severance. George, I don't know if you saw it yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm just going to say that Severance is. You got to watch Severance. Severance that's is on really Apple TV, right? That's on Apple TV, and again, the thing I don't have. Said, yeah, fine. Okay. It's, no, but that's what I mean. It. I want to see it. It's unfortunate that that's kind of like the one service I don't have. Yeah, but you have basically an entire third world country's <laughs> sneaker collection, but you don't want to watch Apple TV. Okay. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to watch Secession. I saw that it's on HBO Max. I told you to watch Secession. Succession. You have to. And not only do you have to, and as a Seinfeld fan, the fact that you're not watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, and don't tell me I've seen some of them, the fact that you're not watching Curb Your Enthusiasm is a crime against humanity. It's a humanitarian crisis. You should be watching it. Sorry, I don't... I'm the Putin of this podcast. Excuse me? (laughs) I'm the Putin of this podcast. I mean, no one could argue that. (laughs) Even though you look like you're about to say, please, I'm doing fine. I just need, I need your Send donation. Money. Send, Send money. Cash. You know, we should have a little photo of Sally Struthers come up and say, please help him. He's, <laughs> what was those like save animals? Send five cents a day. Send so did five you guys cents. watch anything? Are you guys anything no. good? Uh, nothing else. Movie wise, I think I've recommended to you guys that you should see, if you're a fan of the games, you should watch 
uh welcome to raccoon city for resident evil i think it's it it's it's fun it's fun it's definitely fun um i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i've seen recently yeah I think I mentioned it last week, which was Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson's movie. And again, thank you, George, for pointing out last week about There Will Be Blood, which was another one of his greatest movies of all time. You know, did you see that, Artie? What? There, there Will Be Blood? Blood? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't as big on it as a lot of people were. It's all right. It was his other movies, I thought. It wasn't as strong as some of his yeah. other Boogie Nights, to me, is still his best movie. I love Boogie Nights. Nights is really Boogie, Nights Boogie Nights is fantastic. Or the Master. I never saw The Master, and I never saw. I, I I kind of lost. You know, Licorice Pizza is the one that brought me back to him. You know, that's the thing. And um, with that, I'm going to start turning it over to 1982. Before we do that, we didn't. Nobody mentioned John Belushi. Is well, I was going to go there. I was going to go there just to ask you guys this: What was your introduction to John Belushi? For me, it was Animal House. Animal House. Animal House. For me, it was Saturday Night Live. You'd seen him on Saturday. No, no, it was Blues Brothers. It was Blues, Blues Brothers. Brothers. That's Blues Brothers. And why? Life. Because Carrie Fisher was was in Blues Brothers. Mm -hmm. I had the hugest crush on Carrie Fisher, 1980, which was it came out the same year as The Empire Strikes Back, and I mm -hmm. remember seeing Carrie Fisher or something. And at the time, she was dating when they filmed that. She was dating Dan Aykroyd. I didn't know that she was dating Dan Aykroyd. Wow. Yes, she was for a little bit of time. She was hmm. uh, Blues Brothers. And then then I, of course, going back to uh, Caddyshack. The, the thing about John Belushi is I don't remember him like I should. Like I have memories yeah. of him. But he was in Caddyshack. He wasn't in Caddyshack. Caddyshack? Not Caddyshack. Oh. I'm sorry. Did I say I meant Animal House? I'm sorry. Animal, Animal, House. Yeah, yeah. Animal House. Where I really I got John Belushi was when that. I got a little bit older in my mid-teens, like 85, 86. And somehow they started showing episodes of him as a... Uh, the samurai. Yeah, that's what yeah, I Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what it was? Back and doing, what, what, did he do Joe Cocker? Joe Cocker. Mm -hmm. But you know, the and, thing that came out on VHS, which was great, was the best of John Belushi, yeah, which I own. That's when I started. And I would with, watch that. I wore right. that tape out because that had everything. It had it had Beethoven. It had him doing the Wheaties commercial. Right. It had him, you know, T-Bag, 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 t It had everything. Let me start with that one. No Coke, only Pepsi. Greeks. Yes, yeah, the Greek restaurant. The Greek restaurant. And, we didn't start yeah. off with that one. Yeah. Turn in your Greek cards. <laughs> and, and then another thing that was really important. You remember they they did that one uh, where he where he died on. Well, he said, I'm a dancer. No, he didn't die. He didn't die. He was the last one, and that was the go. worst part about it. Yeah. Every he outlived everybody. That's the way the video ended. Yeah, I mean, and it, look, he was very talented, and I did watch. I think on Showtime was it last year. There was a whole documentary on John Belushi. Yeah, I saw one maybe a year or two ago that was fantastic. That was utterly right. fantastic. And you know, he was originally supposed to be slated to be one of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. It, Dan Aykroyd wrote it for him, and and Winston Zedmore was supposed to be Eddie Murphy. Oh wow. Yeah, and and that sort of went out the door, obviously. Holy smokes. I remember. I can actually remember where I was. I was in the car with my father. Uh, right out, right before LaGuardia Airport, for some reason in New York City, and I remember the radio coming on saying that he died. That's glad you were there because that was the exit we got off at a lot. That exit right there, remember that exit? But, but, but 
the news, oh, hearing yeah. the news. Like I remember, I have memories of hearing about Elvis dying. I hear memories of, of Belushi dying and stuff. It didn't affect me the way, obviously, that somebody like Robin Williams affected me years later. And we can talk about that another time. But, you know, it's a, it's a loss. It really Different is. circumstances. Yeah. And at that point, you know, he wasn't really doing, remember, he, think about the movies he did, right? How many movies did he really do? No, but he was really on this trajectory, right? No, well, you remember the last movie he made was Neighbors, which was a sort of a dark comedy. Was it Neighbors or Continental Divide? Continental Divide, Neighbors, and then Continental Divide. That's right. You are absolutely wow. Right. Continental Divide. There's a movie I totally forgot about. Right, I mean, but which movies did he do? I think oh, 1941, mm-hmm. right? 1941. Right. But that was like his. That was his like Bluto persona in that movie. Right, <laughs> and and then. Blues Brothers was huge for obvious reasons, but then after Blues Brothers, what came after Blues Brothers? Neighbors. Continent. Right, there wasn't a lot of movies. Think Neighbors. about it. There wasn't. <laughs> there wasn't, which is sad when you think mm-hmm. about it. With that, we're going to start talking about 1982, mm-hmm. uh, the the year in movies. So, fellas, I'm just going to list them first, throw them out at you, spew I'm spew right. them out at you. I'm done. Okay, and I'm going to do them for you in order of release. Okay, mm. so let's, I'm not giving you the date. I'm just going to give you sort of from order of release down from, from January through like the big ones. I'm not talking about, I'm not going to sit here for 15, minute, 15 minutes going through. But Quest for Fire, Swamp Thing, Victor Victoria, Victor Victoria, The Sword. Did you see Sword. Quest for Fire? You know, I saw that in the theater, right? At the Zigfield, no less. Of course you did. Okay. <laughs> So let me finish. I remember them taking me to see it, and I was just like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> yeah, you just saw you just saw a caveman fucking caveman, right? I, I was really lost, and what what was it supposed to be like? Wasn't it wasn't it kind of um, marketed as like the greatest movie of all time? Well, no, it was marketed. It was marketed as as the there first. was no dialogue. There was right. no dialogue, and you had Everett McGill. Right, you had Ray Dong Chung and you right. had That's Ron Perlman. About that movie, what? That's the only thing I remember about that movie. Oh, Ray, Ray Dong Chung. I just remember this. But I don't remember. Why the hell did they take me to see this at the Ziegfeld of all theater? Who's right. they? First of all, did, were you kidnapped? Like a babysitter or something? Well, you know what? They wanted to shut you up for a little while. They figured you can go watch like your relatives on screen. <laughs> So let me go back to this. So Quest for Fire, Swamp Thing, which we can tell Adrian Barbeau, right? Oh, uh, and uh, Victor Victoria, which I actually saw in the movies. I remember I loved Victor Victoria. For, you could say whatever reasons, but I did The Sword and the Saucer, which I ne- didn't see it in the movies, but I ended up seeing it at your place. You had a video for it on one of your birthday parties. Uh, Diner. Okay. Then on the same day, and this is a bit of a cheat now, okay? Our movie, Conan the Barbarian, and the U.S. release of what was originally known as Mad Max 2, but was renamed The Road Warrior. So just let's let that sink in for a second. It came out in, in Australia at the end of 81. So it came out in 82 on the same day as Conan the Barbarian, okay? Uh, followed up sort of cosmic symmetry there. Cosmic symmetry after that, Rocky three, Rocky three, then Rocky right now, yeah, and then on the same day, 
if I'm not mistaken, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan and Poltergeist. Oh, two great movies. I, I, I remember just, even though we all love Wrath of Khan, right? Uh, Poltergeist was really a, a great movie for me. I loved Poltergeist. Because you were a horror fan. fan. Your favorite scenes when the guy rips off his face and the stake moves and all that shit. That's yeah, I, you. I was just surprised by, was that rated R? No, it was a PG. Remember, PG-13. PG-13 was not introduced until 1984. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Why? Because Indiana yeah. Jones and the Temple of Doom. Right. But if you remember Poltergeist, it was actually frightening. Yeah. Was very, yeah, it's supposed to be frightening. I, I know, but... Just it's frightening for a PG movie. It was something else. All right, now, here we go. Directed by St Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. Nope. Produced by Steven Spielberg. Directed oh. by Toby Hooper. Ghost directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh, look Ghost it up. directed? Yes. But he's he, but what's his name is listed. Toby Hooper's yes. listed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, that uh, I did not know. That I did not know. Uh, oh, that's that. I'd be interested to know why. Because I mean, did he that, go back? That ghost. That uh, um, clown toy. Well, that's the greatest scene. Yeah. A lot of people nightmares. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure for sleeping in a room. And the bounty guy is in that. Yes. James Karen. Who was in who was in one of our favorite movies, Return of the Living Dead? <laughs> yes. That's a great movie. Did that come out in 82? No, 85, 85, 85. Um, so then uh literally the week after, you have ET. So you 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 got you got poltergeist the week before, so you get the shit scared out of you, and then you start crying and having a great Did you see, I saw ET probably pretty close to the first day. Yeah, yeah. I did too. That's I did too. You know, yeah. I saw it on 70 RKO Key. I think so. And I remember I got a free package of uh, Reese's Pieces. Oh, look at you. Vlad, where did we go see The Breakfast Club? That's where I saw E.T. Breakfast Club, we saw it at the it, on 65th and the Lowe's Twin. The one that goes downstairs. That's not there anymore, but yeah. Yeah, that's but that's where one. I saw E.T., believe it or not. Yeah. I also saw Wrath of Khan there. No, I saw Wrath of Khan. My father took me opening night to see Wrath of Khan on at the Lowe's Orpheum on 86th Street. In the when it was a two theater thing, the one on the avenue, which had the which had the stadium seating, that's where I saw Wrath of Khan for the first time. The other thing that we're not discussing about movies from that period of time, do you remember they would have like those little books that you would buy at the yes, like Star oh, Wars had those, one and you man. had all these oh, books and stuff? Yeah, because it was a do you remember? Do you, I remember I I still have this visceral memory of of the um, the lobby cards for some yeah. of these movies. Like I remember again, sorry to bring up Carrie Fisher, but I remember from 1980. I remember seeing uh, Carrie Fisher, the, like the Princess Leia shot of her on Bespin when they just land on the Falcon, looking out at Lando and Han. You know, she's just looking. It's a close up of her, and I remember all this stuff about, and it just brings back all this memory of going to see these movies. You know, right. it's when you bring that up before you go on. You know, it's kind of interesting, George, from this era, probably the and probably before, but as I remember from the late '70s, maybe to the mid '80s, where you had these magazines, right? Yep. So images stuck out like the like the stormtroopers firing, like yeah. Leia and hand together looking in that direction. That to stick out forever in your mind, like from those images in those magazines, like Star Wars had it. I still have my movie magazine of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, we but, did but go like see. Said, 
you know, it's that's how you remember all those images. You know, it's like whether it was the trading cards or those books, right? You know, and that's the thing. And it was a different time. And again, for for people of a certain age of our age, it was our impressionable period where you know this stuff is because we go to the movies a lot. That's that right. was. Like, and it was also a time when you started not going more to the movies by yourself rather than your parents taking you type of thing. You know, you started to get out there. Um, so. A couple of weeks after E.T., on the same fucking day, Blade Runner and The Thing. Okay, well, The Thing, Just, obviously, one of the greatest movies, one of my yeah. favorites of all time. Of course, they were underrated at that time. Yeah, yeah, completely very, and very, utterly very, underrated. Very. Not only was it underrated, but they, in order for them to sell it, I ended up seeing it because I saw Conan like three times or twice or whatever. I remember seeing uh, Universal did a double feature of Conan and the thing. And that's wow. how I got to this see the a thing. great movie. I, I want to kind of digress towards the other movie you mentioned, which is one of the most overrated movies of all time. Blade Runner. Which it's is not so overrated, dude. What are you it, fucking it so overrated? I cannot watch it. I will not watch it ever again. There's no reason to watch it. You watch it once and you, and you go, okay. Oh, wow. Look, it's beautiful to look at. Wow. That's great. Ooh, you know who directed it, right? On there. You know who directed uh, it. And then they did a director's cut, a super director's cut, uh, the daughter of the director, director's cut, the third cousin of the cousin of the first page from the third director's cut. You need to do a rant incoming. No, no, no rant incoming. <laughs> and they should never show that movie ever again. And God bless my, God bless one of my best friends in my life, Pete Hernandez, who loved this movie to death. He would talk my ear off about this movie. And I would go. <laughs> Maybe that's know. the bigger problem. About no, no, it. no. The bigger problem is that this movie exists, and that's then they right. had to do thirty-two versions of it. And then when it would come on HBO, I'd have to wait three and a half hours for it to freaking end. So Why? Go, well, Couldn't you, know, you change it over to Channel J and watch porn? That's better. I'd rather watch uh, the Baby Let Me Bang Your Box for three hours straight. <laughs> Robin Bird. Well, you yeah, could have watched Robin Bird. Excuse me. That's a choice you make <laughs> by sitting there and watching it. You could have watched something else. That's the whole. But it's on. Why is it on HBO? Because it's a good movie. <laughs> it was trash. What? It was trash. All right. We we can go down this road later. Okay. So then. I didn't like it. Okay. I didn't like it. I, I, yeah, I got you. I got I, you. We never got that impression anyway. All right. And we're going to, we're going to circle back. The whole idea was I was going to spill out the list, spew out the list. And yeah, we're sitting there looking it up. What? The list is going to take you 25 years to get through. So we didn't really I'm almost done. How great the thing I'm, was. Just you, know, make, you want to gloss over how great the thing I'm was. I'm not glossing over the, how great it the thing It had one was. of the best scenes that frightened me as a kid. I couldn't even look at my dog, Ariok again. When the dog started blistering his head open and doing all this crazy shit and tentacles coming out of his face excuse me your kidnappers are getting a little antsy about you, you don't remember that as much scene? as you are that scene was that scene? so effing frightening it was a fucking great movie to me as as the dog the dog and great characters language and great characters you had it that well it great. was it was during john carpenter's heyday yeah you know i mean people argue you know i'm a you know, from Carpenter, for me, it's always, it goes really hot. Like Halloween is, yeah, but the thing, the thing is, you know, I look, Carpenter I could practice. Uh, I wish I could. I can't. I, will, I, can't. I do. 
I can't. I put it. It's very close. What did you say? I would put uh, the thing over Halloween. Made the way it was made. Obviously, it was made. And now the thing, the thing about it, no pun intended, is unfortunately because it didn't do as well. That was first one of the movies that started disillusioning um, uh, Carpenter against Hollywood. Really? Yeah, because it was a they they threw a big budget. Now this is a movie that ended up over time. Here again, okay. to your to your to your pleasure, both both the thi- well not the thing, but Blade Runner and the thing underperformed. They didn't do well with critics, and oh, both of them are movies that over time have actually become oh, I cult changed, classics. They fainted and beautified uh, Blade Runner into the pantheon of great movies. The but that's Ridley Scott. Well, the, the same. Let's let's wait. Get, let's fair is fair. Blade Runner is one thing. The thing has gotten all the credit now over the last four. Oh, yeah, years. I agree. I and once it hit video, you couldn't. I don't. Think- I remember the moment I got it. I, I rented it on video. I was like, I want this. I want to watch this again and again and again. And it's a scary fucking film. But did you have it on laser disc too? Uh, I've I have it on everything. I I mean I had it on laser disc. I had it on VHS. I had it on. I had it on everything, you know. I just don't remember what you had on Laserdisc. I know that maybe it, I was wondering if you had that. That's cool. Oh no, the thing, the thing is one of my favorite movies. It's up there. It's like Carpenter. I have to have Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, and it's Big Trouble in, and Big Trouble in Little China. Those, those, hands down. I'm those and Big Trouble in Little China is one of my favorite John oh, Carpenter films. Really? And that's an underrated film. Oh my god, I love it. I love yeah, it. That's um, one of my favorite of his. But the, I'm not a big horror guy, but I really like the thing. That's probably one of my favorites. Exercise and paranoia. The whole movie is all about paranoia and just what's going on and the <laughs> way that it. Well, no, no, no. Oh, even man, the, that's the music. The and it's not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Testing the blood. And not even his music. It was Ennio Morricone. Yeah. It was not John Carpenter. Yeah. Oh, it was Ennio Morricone. And the ending, which is such a fucking. It leaves you. And there was recently something, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, I read somewhere that he had interviewed recently and said that, well, you know, there's a possibility to do like a sequel. You know, there's a story there because you really don't see what happens to McReady and Childs. And, you know, everybody's talking about, I remember for the longest time, did you guys ever see the TV version where there's a scene at the end after the credits where it's sort of the cycle begins again. You see another dog running away. You see the dog look and run away from the camp and the camp is smoldering. So the idea is the thing is still alive. And I know that was it dark horse that back in the late nineties did a, a, a thing. Yeah. Uh, I tried to read it. It had some good art. That and I, and it was, it, but the thing is, again, that was no pun intended. It's, it's, the way that it was filmed, the practical effects, Rick Baker's practical effects were fucking amazing. Yeah, as much as I love the movies that you've mentioned, I would say anybody who hasn't seen that is watching the podcast. Maybe one guy who's looking at my teeth and going, who the fuck are you to talk about Joe Rogan? You need to go get your teeth fixed. Uh, they should probably, you guys should watch John Carpenter's The Thing. It is a freaking amazing movie. It holds up too. It holds up. Yeah. I watched it. I watched it not too long ago again. I picked it yeah, up. I mean, I'll, I'll walk in. Blu-ray edition and it's yeah. fantastic. So. Yeah, I got a blue. I got a collector's edition of it as well, and uh, and it's it's fucking Kurt Russell, who's great. Yeah. I mean, he's he's just yeah. I mean, and you know, I and yeah, there's I can't I can't say enough about the thing. I mean, it, it's it's easily one of my favorite movies of that year. 
easily, you know, and yeah. And, and frankly, I love Blade Runner, but the thing, but the thing is above Blade Runner for me that year. Yeah. Just talking about the movies you've gone through so far, it's hard for me to imagine a better year in movies. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm saving the best for last because I'm going to throw out a year that's going to compare right now. Uh, after the thing we have Tron, which I remember seeing in the movie theaters, oh, which yeah. was which yeah, I like I enjoyed it too. It was it. it was shit. Now you go back and watch it. Oh, it's, it's horrible. Shit. It's shit. It's really shit. Not because of the effects. It's just the story is like what? Yeah. Okay, whatever. I enjoyed uh, it. The world according to Garp. Uh, <laughs> zapped. Do you remember Zapped? That's a big movie for me. You know I had that on video, and you know exactly <laughs> why. Heather Thomas and and Heather, Heather Thomas. Thomas. And here's the thing: it wasn't, it wasn't Heather her. Thomas. It wasn't her. That wasn't her. No. Getting the. Oh, you didn't see her face. Well, that's not fun. But either way, it was still. I'm magical. sorry that George and I ruined it for you. We yeah, ruined your I childhood. I loved that movie. I, was it a remake back then? No, it was. was it, it was. It was at a time when they were making. It these was movies. actually no, Vlad. You're wrong. It was a remake of a Jimmy Stewart classic from 1937. What I thought. Really? Yeah, it was directed by Frank Capra. Yeah, absolutely. I did not know that. No. George is <laughs> correcting me. Is fact checking yeah. me tonight? I'm going to shut the fuck up. No, I'm right. joking. There was no such shit. Yeah, I'm glad we had a ball with those movies, you know. Like right uh, now, now here's something surprising that I was not expecting. Okay, so in terms of release, because I was expecting this move, the movie after this movie that I'm going to mention was the first one, but this came first. Well, uh, the last American Virgin. I love that movie. Okay, that, that is a classic to me. Yeah, that's a horrible ending. It ends on a sad a note. Right? What yeah, a it, freaking good music. A great movie. Oh, oh my god, I fucking love that movie. No redeeming characters. No, other than you, the, the, you remember how much I loved that movie? Yeah, because you were you were a very you know interesting individual when you were young. But yeah, okay. But get this: the last American Virgin came out before Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, by a few wow. weeks. That's another great movie. And another movie. great movie, and Artie's gonna freak his shit, uh, shit out. That came out between uh, Last American Virgin and Fast Times. Night Shift. Oh, on Howard's first film. Yeah, that that was such a fun movie. Right. I had so much fun. I, I, I that movie was so Night surprising. Shift? Michael Keaton, Henry Winkler, Shelley Long. Yeah. Ron was- Howard's first film. Do you know what the premise is? No, I forgot. He- yeah. Henry Winkler is like this accountant, nebbish accountant, uh, who quit his job and he ends up working uh at a morgue. So yeah. he's, 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 um, he, he's just very set in his ways and he, all of a sudden he's, he's put onto the night shift because yeah. the proprietors wants his nephew or brother or something to, to work the day shift. So he ends up getting stuck in this dead end job as, as a mortician what a movie. What a and his new partner movie. is fucking Michael Keaton in his first role. And he's just great. Michael Keaton, he was going up just before Mr. Mom, right? Right. It's a year before Mr. Mom. And he's going, he's going electric in that movie though. He was like a jolt of. It was and he's, and then like, Shelley Long plays the prostitute, prostitute great. who lives and, and with the heart of gold, who lives in, in the apartment building with Henry Winkler. Yeah. And anyway, what ends up happening is they realize they start doing a side hustle of being uh, pimps. And it's and it's 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 a fun movie. And it's Ron Howard. It's 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 Richie Cunningham's first movie. Right. All you can tell me is the next was it his, movie was in this year. second one. Didn't he direct something for Roger Corman? 
Did he? He may have, but it was his real big debut as a mainstream debut or something. Mainstream debut. What's right? the line he says on the tape recorder? This is he goes edible you. paper, edible oh, paper. Right, but he tells Chuck to shut. He up. said he goes tell Chuck to shut up. He just says that over and over again. And don't forget, love broker. Yeah, if you tell me that Bachelor Party came out this year, there is no better year than this year in film. All right, I'm not done yet. Okay, so then after Night Shift, uh, Fast Times, which we've already talked about. Yeah, great. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in 3D. I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, good kills. That's not Ted. Ted, where's the corkscrew? That's the guy from Last American Journey. No, no, that's Crispin Glover. Yeah, we had so much fun watching that movie, though, Vlad. Yeah, the the fourth one is the one I remember going to the movies to see. Right. right? Uh, uh, Officer and a Gentleman. Great movie. I really enjoyed that movie. movie. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Hey, come on. Who didn't have a crush on... um... Oh, shit. I didn't. Deborah Winger? Deborah Winger. Nope. Not me. Carrie Fisher, baby. Carrie Fisher. Oh, and uh, and I, I needed to put this in. Got the junior. That was great. Yeah, I needed to put this in Oscar Oscar winning role. It's best supporting actor. Uh, yeah. I had to put this in for Artie Tempest, John Cassavetes, Calivanos, oh, <laughs> Calivanos with 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 Raúl Julia playing a Greek shepherd who was in love with his goat. Yeah, ghostly goats, ghostly goats. Ghostly Man, we goats. watched that movie. So many times. Yep. That used to be on HBO so many times. Yep. Yeah. But I I rented it. I watched it. I, I love that movie. I, I could watch that movie endlessly. Yeah. And I've been looking, is- I've been looking for it. I've been I've been trying to track it down. It's not an easy find, but I, I want to see it again. I think, I think you just gotta go onto YouTube and just uh do Galibanos. Galibanos, go sleep goods. And young, it's Gina Rollins, it's 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 uh, John Cassavetes, it's uh, no Nick Cassavetes, the father. It's um, young Molly Ringwald as the daughter. Yep. Beastmaster, Mark Another, Singer. I don't. And I don't uh, that movie. isn't John Amos in that? John, John Amos, Amos from Good Times. Yes, is, yes, he's in it. And who was Tony it? Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts. No, no, Tanya Tony Katane is not in it. No, no, Tanya, Tanya Roberts. Roberts. Tanya, Tanya Roberts. Roberts with the reddish hair. Yeah. Uh, I thought she looked beautiful in that. I, that to me, that she was like, uh, don't even get me started about the, what I was doing. One of the first movies I saw boobs in, I think. Was that, but that was PG, right? Wasn't it? It was PG, I thought. He, he had the three sword, right? No, that's Sword no, that's and Saucer. That's coming up. No, is it, or did we pass, no, no, we passed Sword and Saucer. I remember seeing Sword and the Saucer because now we're getting towards the end of the year. You had gotten it on video. Okay. And we were watching it at your birthday party. You had it on while you had all these kids running around your duplex and you're watching Sword and the Saucer and people are getting killed and left and right. That was Lee Horsley, if I remember correctly. Oh, wow. From uh, yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Wait, was that? No. What the hell was that show he was on? Fuck. Not Vegas. That was that was Robert that was Blake. A, yeah, no. What was shit? Lee TJ Horses Houston? Up. TJ Houston? Was it something like TJ Houston? I can't remember. Right. Uh, uh, Pink Floyd, the, the Wall. What'd you say, George? The actress. What was her name? She was on a TV show. Oh. I don't remember. It was, oh, she, it was, what's her name? From Dallas, wasn't it? Yeah. Victoria Principal? No, no, not Victoria Principal. Kristen, the the, 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 wasn't it? I don't remember. Well, the only reason I remember Victoria Principal is because she had a workout book that my mom had, 
and I would. Yeah, and the pages are stuck now. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Okay, yeah. that's no too much information. Thanks. Kathleen Beller. Who was it? Kathleen Beller. Kathleen Beller. Good. Thank you. Pink well, Floyd, The Wall. You know, I Pink... never saw it. I never you know saw it. She's married to right. Who is she married to? She's married to Thomas Dolby. Really? Science! (laughs) So Pink Floyd I never saw. Yeah, I remember. I just remember. I didn't see it until it came out on video. And I was like, okay, whatever. I mean, I was a fan of The Wall. Uh, Side note about Floyd, uh, Dark Side of the Moon, and and Wish You Were Here are the best albums. I think, I personally think The Wall is overrated, but that's me. Yeah, Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Room, yes. They'll shut the light on. What? It had an anniversary, right? This year. Yes, I think it's it's the 50th, right? No, it's the 50th that it was played live. It does it's not released until 73. They played it they played it live for the first time in 50 years, 50 years ago, I think last month. But it wasn't released until 1973. Uh but I, but I think for kids a lot of a lot of kids the wall during that period Oh yeah, it was a big, yeah, it was a big album because of the way those songs, right? We don't need no education, and you'd be in the back of your parents' car going, "We don't need no education." And now, and now it's it's probably one of their weakest songs. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I agree. They wish you were here. It's like, well, not even it's it wish you were here. Echoes all of Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, uh, you know, it's comfortably mean, numb from. Comfortably Numb is, look, Comfortably oh, Numb is great. arguably one of the greatest songs of all time. That and that's on the wall. Yeah. Right? Hey, You's on the wall. Mother's on the wall. In the flesh. There's some great stuff, but there's a lot of filler, too. The Trial, which, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah. I haven't listened to all of Dark Side of the Moon in years. You haven't? Because you don't want to? Or um, is it- I just keep forgetting to buy it on, on vinyl. <laughs> I have it like on, I can't, I've lost track. I have like a super audio CD. I have, I have three versions of vinyl. I have four seat, four different CDs. I only have one version of vinyl, but I'm glad I got it. Yeah. Uh, Laser <laughs> Floyd. I remember going to see Laser Floyd and stuff of that sort. <laughs> the but, planetarium. <laughs> no, yeah, oh my God. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember those days. Yep. And here, here's something interesting. I, I know Artie, you and I went to see this. Uh, that weekend, but the same weekend was First Blood and Halloween Three: The Season of the Witch. All right, First Blood, man, we Thanks saw so. that movie to death. I'm sure, like a lot of kids, are. I didn't see it in the movies. Already, I saw it at home. Halloween Three, we actually it was my birthday party, and I dragged everybody to go see <laughs> Halloween Three, which is because it's like, which was a horrible mistake. But yeah, but everybody, you, we went because of Halloween. Obviously, it had that cachet, right? We but. Yeah, also the time of year time of year yeah right and it was it was a shit show and now it's one of those movies that now when you go back and you watch it you know if forget about what you know what halloween is michael myers and everything as a standalone halloween story it's not a bad story it's actually no, it's not of, a bad story to me it smacks of a kind of a twilight zone story to me right uh, but, I'm gonna th- but going back on first blood that was fucking, what a great I, I, again you're talking about movies from this period and for the 80s, I, I, I don't know. We talk about Die Hard a lot, but First Blood is in that category to me that's like bursts open a genre. It's just great. <laughs> I, I, there's great really? lines. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, action I'm, heroes, too, at that particular time. It was a different type of action hero. Yeah, it was a different and, type of a thing. It was sort of, you know, it was, it was socially conscious. It was based on a book about a Vietnam vet before he became the that avatar scene. of nonsense later wait but that scene 
in when they're beating him and he gets loose inside the station. Right? That's just amazing. And there's such great lines. You had Matthew Donahue. What's his name? I forgot his name. Brian Dennehy. Brian, Brian Dennehy. Don't push it. Don't yeah. push it. I'll give you a war. You won't believe. Right. Uh, like, you got David Caruso getting crippled or getting stabbed. Right. But, it was hilarious. <laughs> my, my favorite is still fucking Richard Crenna. Richard Crenna. Right. And, and, and the speech at the end. Nothing is over. It's over. It's over, Johnny. It's over, Johnny. <laughs> it's, over, Johnny. <laughs> it's just a fa- it's fantastic. I really enjoy I, if, if, I just remember experiencing that. And then when I, what I, out on videotape. Too. Yeah. It had a whole fucking second life of well, it had a whole second over life and, and over. Now you got to also understand that everything so got the a different cut too because the original ending wasn't that he was supposed to die. Oh. Supposed yeah. to die. Hmm. Now here's the thing. Uh, I want to preface everything now because we're towards the end of the year and we should go back because we didn't even touch on Conan, which is like I can't believe we haven't touched on. Uh, Conan. There's also a couple of movies that you never talked about that came out in '82 that Keith and I are like geeking out would geek out about. Which ones? The Five Element Ninjas. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, so now you're doing a different genre. Yeah, but those yeah, are great. Okay. It, it's Kung Fu movies, but it was movies Marshall. that came out in 82. And- Where did you see those? Got them at Times Square? Five, Black Belt Theater. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. What was the and other one, George? 82. Yeah. I think Death Wish 2. Death Wish 2 also. And shit like that. There's a lot of like great kung fu movies that came out. Right. Awesome. So we're 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 heading into the it's fall. Of- I didn't watch kung fu movies on videotape or on in the theater. I you watched watch them on. They came on Channel Five. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Do, do, used to watch it with my grandfather. He would come from Greece, and his the kung fu movies were his favorite thing to watch. Awesome. Those was drive-in movie theater, right? That's mm-hmm. what it was called on Channel Five. That's no, what it, Black Belt. It was called what is it? Black, Black Belt, Belt Theater. Black Belt Theater. Wait, yeah. on on Channel Five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember it was like whatever it was. What it, I remember, you would play like some of the other like seventies type of, and then you had like blocks of them even on the four o'clock movie, right? Yeah, well, like four thirty movie, four thirty movie. It was the 4.30 movie on ABC, which was like Monster Week, Planet of the Apes Week. Yeah, you would have themed weeks, horror weeks. So you'd see the blob and then you'd see like... Now, it's going to get interesting here because you got to realize, for me personally, 82 was the buildup to what I was considering the biggest movie coming out, which was Return of the Jedi. Well, Revenge of the Jedi at the time. Yes. So, because it was coming out in six months, right? And in November of that year... Star Wars was re-released and they actually had the Revenge of the Trailer, Revenge of the Jedi trailer mm-hmm. that was on it. And there was a poster and my friend had gotten me the poster, which had, it said Revenge of the Jedi. Remember, because any material that came out after Return, after they changed the name, everybody's like, if you could get a Revenge of the Jedi I remember poster. you had that in your room. I had it for a long time. Yeah. And uh, okay. A couple of interesting movies now. Q, Quetzalcoatl. Do you remember that one? I, I went to see it. Like, of course you did. Larry Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't very good. But I oh, it wasn't. And now I'm going to give you one that I know you guys are going to, I know that Artie's going to, is going to geek out about. Creep Show. Oh, oh man. That was a that was, great. I love the first one. The first and one. And then the comic book too that came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Bernie Wrightson, right? Wasn't yeah. it Bernie Wrightson? It was John Romero, it was George Romero and Stephen King, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. I really love that. I saw that like two or what three was, times. 
What was your favorite story in it? Oh, good question. Uh, I I loved Father's Day. I love fa- I thought Father's Father Day was great. Day. It's yeah. Father's Day. Where's my cake? <laughs> I love that. I think the Jordy Vero one with Stephen King was kind of weak. I thought the more that I've gone back and watched well, it, the crate, the, the crate. crate. Well, the crate is fucking great. Uh, it was great uh which one ted danson it, it you go back and you watch it and it really gets you and obviously the cockroaches look it's a solid movie yeah i mean through and through i mean through and through and, it's solid stylistically it worked i like that it used color in a weird way to just like, like disguise the blood to disguise the blood the comics yeah that's what they were doing right 100 they captured it very very well they yeah. captured that ec comic vibe very, very well. Right. Uh, of the last four movies, you know, the only one to me that's really important is 48 well, hours. Them so we can, we can see which we 48 think. hours, Gandhi, Airplane 2, and Tootsie. Airplane 2 was, uh, was great. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, I was, not, I, was, I was never a huge Airplane fan. And, you know, I like it because Shatner's in Airplane 2. But I, yeah. but do you, you like that genre of movies like Airplane, Top Gun? Uh, uh, naked Zucker, gun, naked gun, Zucker naked gun. Abrams and Zucker. I'm I'm okay with right. it. I'm now going back. It's like all right. It's a little broad for me. Like, I mean, we could argue what's the greatest comedy of all time. You know, for me, I, I Young Frankenstein. <laughs> I mean, it's like Young Frank. One of them. You know. I mean, Young Frankenstein. Amazing saddles. Okay. You know. There you go. It's. It, I think it's 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 a flip of the coin. What about you, Artie? I don't know. That's going to take me a lot of things. Yeah, I have to think about that one. Because there's a lot. I mean, you could argue that something about Mary is one of the funniest movies. I remember seeing something about Mary and having hyperventilation. Just couldn't. (laughs) I just couldn't. Yeah. A lot of funny scenes. Don't even let me go there with you, Vlad. Why? Why? Something about Mary. (laughs) What about you? What movie did you find funny? (laughs) Tell me what movie you found funny. (laughs) Well, you know, I, um, Caveman. What? I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Hey, 1980, Ringo Starr, comedy genius. Ringo Starr, right? No, come on, seriously. Um, I don't know. I think you picked some good ones, and like Frankenstein Jr. I, I love Blazing Saddles. Frankenstein. Wait, what's Frankenstein Jr.? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, I liked uh, History of the World. History of the World. Was uh, I watched it again recently. It's not. I. It's Doesn't not. Hold the, up. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein easily, you know. Blazing Saddles still probably holds up. Yeah. Um, oh, there was one I was going to mention for fuck's sake. Um, but the movie there is obviously 48 The Producers hours. was fun too. The producer, thank you, Keith. The Producers is a fun, it's, it, it's dated. Movies, it's dated. Comedy. It's dated, but it is funny as hell. Zero, Zero Mostel is great. fucking great. He's good. Are we only talking uh, like the funniest Mel Brooks movies or the funniest Fun- movies? No, no, no. I, Mel Brooks movies, funniest movies of all time. I wouldn't put that in there. I'd put, I'd put uh, Fish Call Wanda. I think is one of the is a is a damn funny yeah, movie. I, I mean, I find it that funny. Do you find uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail funny? Yeah, I, I enjoyed did. Monty Python. I did. I liked a lot. I liked a lot of the Monty Python. He did have strikes. <laughs> All right, so 48 hours. I thought we all thought that was amazing. That was kind of a genre. Bend. I remember I, the story that I can tell about 48 hours was my mom and her friend offered me the opportunity to go see a movie. And they said, you pick the movie. And I was like, are you sure about that? 
and they're like, yeah. So <laughs> I said, I want to go see Eddie Murphy in 48 hours. And my mom took me to the Baronet Coronet on third Avenue in the city on 59th street. And I remember sitting next to her and watching the movie. Now remember it's a Walter Hill movie yeah. and Walter Hill is excessively violent. I don't care how funny the movie is. It's excessively violent. What I remember throughout the entire movie is my mother literally like oh my god i can't believe this this is so horrible this is this this is just like she was just like constantly like almost in a state of panic watching this movie because it was so bad was that the, the baronet cornet was on the the south side of the street it was the uh do the duo next to the pizza place next to the yeah. pizza place yeah that's where it was and um yeah, I remember seeing it there. And then finally going back and watching it again and then seeing like all these character actors that that and the music that yeah, Walter Hill uses. Walter Hill uses in all his movies and stuff like that. And I think we we talked about it. I thought we did. What was the um the documentary that was on Netflix about um, movies we loved, right? Or was it on no, no, not movies we loved, that whole voir. It was voir. voir. And they, there was a whole episode on the essay about 48 hours about yeah, sort it was of tremendous. It was really well yeah, done. And I, I, would I think 48 recommend. hours. Yeah. 48 hours is still arguably one of Eddie Murphy's best films. You know, I think Eddie Murphy's funniest film pound for pound for me is coming to America. I think coming to America is real. No, think about it. That's no, good. Beverly Hills cop is great, but it's an action film. We're <laughs> <laughs> just like, there goes keys. <laughs> Matter of factly. Fuck you. Fuck you, Vlad. It's fine. It's it, it's everybody's opinion. You went off on fucking Blade Runner, okay? You're talking about Yeezy and you're talking about Euphoria, and we're all sitting here going, okay, okay. Yeah, I agree with you. I really loved Coming to America, the original Coming to America. I thought it was tremendous. I do think you're right. It had oh, Trading Places is damn funny too. Trading I mean, places. look, is is better than Coming to America? Eh. For Eddie Murphy's funniest movie. I like. I like. <laughs> trading I'll go, I'll go with i'll go coming to america i don't find uh, eddie murphy funny mm. no, no of course i do not one of my favorites no that's that's you right now oh no no i enjoyed it he went down and eddie I, murphy delirious couple. of course i mean well, well no the stand-up stand-up now the thing about it is guys go back and try to watch delirious and raw now in this oh, day and age and see and and as funny as you think it is, you're going to cringe too. Just like, oh, okay. I don't cringe. I think it's balls out funny. I watched them not too long ago, both of them with my kids. Because you're a heathen, but that's besides the point. Oh, it's just fucking funny. <laughs> like with the kids. It is funny. It is. It is. Yes. It's fucking hysterical. It's fucking hysterical. But he'd be um, canceled right now. They didn't make him well, he, think about it. And, yeah. and that's really, yeah. We. I'm not going down that. Even have to say. That's a different podcast. <laughs> But back to the, uh, the whole honeymooners. Movies. I mean, <laughs> honeymooners is basically it's it, it's it's a, it's domestic abuse. Yeah. Oh, here we go with this. It's just, it's just you can watch the honeymooners now, and it's just as funny. No, no, I'm talking about nobody's going to complain. The joke, about it. the joke that uh, of all Murphy the does. Yeah. Oh, the oh, a Norton. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you know. Get tough. <laughs> I hear you've been making jokes about me. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I mean, there was just some simple stuff in there that was so funny. I'm gonna win this race, you know. Just even that stuff. Was Lemonade. Lot cool, refreshing stuff. drink. Refreshing drink. You know, ice cream. Yeah. You know, there's even in, even in uh in raw. Well, raw. Oh, I, yeah. There's no question. There's yeah, no raw question. when he does the Italian guy. That's hilarious. Hey, Rocco. 
Yeah, I mean, it's all good stuff. Right, but, we can't say it now, but it's fucking funny to watch. When go watch it. No, it's basically just say, go watch it. You know, that's what it is. It's yeah, like, I would recommend anybody go watch Raw. I mean, that's really like a superstar comedian. Like, we like a lot of comedians, right? Like, we love uh, George Carlin, right? We love. Is he the goat? Is, is George Carlin goat? I, I think George Carlin's a goat, bar none. Uh, for me, by bar none. You know, I think there's other great comics. Like, I still love Dave Chappelle, no matter what, you know, no matter well, what the controversy I agree. Is. For me, uh, like, stand up Carlin, Robin Williams. Robin Williams used to have. I these, love Ro- like, Robin in- Williams, is, and I, I, I got the, the pleasure of actually seeing him live. I know you oh. met him already, so that's a different thing, but watching him do stand up live, yep, yeah. I can't even imagine. He's so kinetic. Yeah. So. It's just so spontaneous. It's so quick. I used to like growing up. I used to like Robert Klein. Not that he was the same level of them. Like I love. I just recently he had watched the best comedy. I mean, even though they have Netflix, HBO right. had the best comedy special. HBO had the same the, the, the Rodney Dangerfield specials. Those were the best. I don't care. Yeah, what, I, I, we got introduced to some of the best comics. Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison. Bobcat Gold. I mean, even Bobcat. right. Jerry Seinfeld. I was not a fan of Seinfeld as a stand-up. Neither was I early on. Either on. I was like, he's too clean. He's too this. I like him. Look, we like some comics who now we probably wouldn't listen to, like Andrew Dice Clay. We, <laughs> we yeah. laughed our asses off to that stuff. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. We loved it. We Well, even Kinnison. I mean, Kinnison's kind of hard to go back and listen to I, again. I think Kinnison, he stands, it stands, because his comedy's really Better than cool. Dice. Better than Dice. There is stuff, there is stuff for Dice, though, that is great, which is, if you ever listen to The Day the Laughter Died, which is him bombing, <laughs> and just watching, and just watching it, just like, you know, it's, they recorded him kind of testing material, mm-hmm. and it's, it's funny, but it's not Robin Williams live at the Met. It's not the one a night no. with Robin Williams, I, I, an evening with Robin Williams. It's none of that. And that is just to me, that's like that's like Rosetta Stone. But I think comedy. one thing we didn't talk about talking about these movies and what we're talking about now is our age. We were in our early teens, teens early teens during right. this period. Yes. So this was really formative of us coming out from our parents' shelter a little bit, starting to experience our own things. Left alone with HBO with the dial, you know. You know, I, yeah, yeah, and watching these things. And I'll tell you something. And I know Not it's it, three theater. Remember yeah, that WHT. And you're right, the thing again. So I know it's formative stuff for our. But even I know it's horrible to say because it's not. You know, the man is a monster now. But Bill Cosby himself is a fucking great. Do you remember Bill Cosby himself? Oh yeah, we had so much. Look. That stand-up special. Obviously, I didn't enjoy him as much as some of the other ones, though. Well, it depends on it would it would depend on what you were into, you know. Like, as time progressed, there was other that you know I liked him because he, you know, I didn't care about the cursing; it's just the stories. But like, and you know, and it depends on the character. It depends. Like, Carlin was all about language, which I fucking loved. Like Carlin and Carnegie. That's nineteen eighty-two. Carlin and Carnegie, which is fucking great. Yeah, that was like our favorite, right? Like to me, that was, I, I just remember watching, again, this is us as chill with cable. Every time that was on, I watched it. I, wa- I mean, watched it over. I would record it because my, I, you know, that's what, that's what our thing was. And also uh, the fall of 1982 for me personally was when I first got my first VHS. 
And I remember it was the fall of 1982 that Star Wars was released on video. And you got it? And I remember it came out on video and then it showed up on HBO literally like three weeks later. Let and me you ask know, you, so you talk about your first VHS. Do you remember how heavy it was and how big it was? <laughs> oh, I have a hernia from it still. I mean, it was a Panasonic. Things, do, you, do you remember how heavy those things were? I remember going to my mom had a friend and th th these guys were wealthy people. So they had it. I'd never seen it before. I tried to lift it up, I remember. It was like 246 pounds. I'm probably like eight, nine, 10 years old. You know, or maybe Vlad back then I was telling you I was like, what, 13? You know, I tried picking it up. It was like picking up a fucking car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you remember it had the wired, it had a wired remote, which I don't understand. Oh my what God. You're supposed oh to my God, yeah. And I remember I used to record, my dad used to work at a video uh, video company and he used to bring me blank or used videotapes. And I used to put it to what was it, the LP, the long play. Hmm. So I would record, I, I remember I used to have movies like recorded. eight hour tapes. <laughs> yeah. And I'd have, I'd have like, I remember like I would be writing on them and I'd have like, and I'd have commercials from HBO between, cause I would record everything off of HBO. And that's how, and it became sort of this repetition where I remember I would watch like, I had recorded, like, I remember Escape from New York with Nighthawks, with whatever, and I'd let it run over and over and over again. And all these movies that I'd watch, that's 81, actually. Those are older movies. But the 82 movies, I remember, for me, I remember getting uh, Star Wars, renting it. And uh, one of my get birthday gifts, I remember, was somebody, uh, my stepdad at the time, got me, got me Halloween the original so that's how i ended up watching it it was because that movie scared me so watching it over and over again was the movie that exercised those demons for me in 1982 because halloween 2 i was i had rented that as well and was watching them back to back so those became my bibles star wars empire wasn't out i remember getting empire my dad buying me empire and i was at your dad i brought it to your house i had the empire tape but um, yeah, so... Wait, let me ask you guys something, because this is an interesting piece kind of thought for me. I don't see, or, or maybe it is happening and I just don't experience. We watch these movies over and over and over again. Yes. Like from yes. this period. Do people still do that? Like, I personally don't have a desire to watch movies and over and over again anymore. It depends maybe on the Marvel uh, movies I have. I'll be the honest, like if, like, if Star Wars is on, I'm watching it. If it, okay. Raiders of the Lost is on, I'm watching it. There are some movies that you know have come out recently that I enjoy, but if it's on, I'm not watching it again. I don't know if they don't have the replayability that some of those movies used to right. have because, like, those things are ingrained in us. Yeah, well, what about, think about it. Because do you think kids are doing it though? Do you think kids are still doing that? No, yeah. I don't think so. I, I think I, I don't think they're doing it to the same to the same degree because we My don't kids have don't watch movies. Well, they don't watch movies, and I think everything is digestible. You remember, Smaller. for this, it's in little bits. Everything is YouTube. It's this. It's that. TikToks. TikToks and stuff like that. It's like short attention span theater. For us, for for a lot of us who were, quote, unquote, latchkey kids, right? You know, you know, if you're home by yourself, this becomes sort of your babysitter. You let it run over again. And it's yeah. sort of a self-soothing type of thing when you think about it. Like to George's point about Star Wars. Star Wars to me, those, you know, Star Wars Empire and Jedi specifically, and like Raiders and all these other movies that are extremely formative, they're hymns to me. It's like they go on. I don't have to sit there and watch it. I'm like 
you know, I, I recently watched Star Wars again and I'm sitting here doing work and I have it on, on my iPad next to me and I'm watching it and I'm just reciting the words, you know, and it's to me, it's like you're, you're, you're singing a religious hymn, you know, it's, you know, it's <laughs> Star Wars is my religion, you know, it's, it, it's those type of movies. It's like the breakfast club or all these other movies that came out. And I'm sure for other generations, there's these movies like Harry Potter, people are watching Harry Potter over again. Mm-hmm. I think the closest for me, uh, because now the Marvel movies are the closest that have brought me back to a sense of childhood where I, where I'm invested in a, in, in, in the story I'm invested in these characters and I can rewatch certain scenes. Cause some of those scenes are so iconic right now. Yeah. You know, and it takes you back. It's a form of nostalgia that takes you back, that reminds you of Star Wars, that reminds you of all these comedies and all these things and that you saw when you were a child and kind of made you the person that creates this thing for four users, right? For four viewers to watch right now, sitting with his friends talking about the stuff. It's kind of funny, though, because like a lot of those movies at the time were considered disposable or something. But the fact that they're able to retain that kind of joy so many years later it's you know it's amazing how they're able to sustain that kind of you know enjoyment awe you know laughter whatever it was i I don't know if there's anything outside of the marvel movies you know harry potter sure but that kind of matched that even the lord of the rings guys i'm sorry as as tremendous i don't know how anybody could say harry potter and the lord of the rings listen to me the lord of the rings no no listen the lord of the rings for me as great as it was it's not something that i can sit there and rewatch over and over to me i don't put it in that pantheon of star wars and the marvel movies it's it's like it's like a over there somewhere wait lord of the rings i'm sorry but the lord of the rings no the what the achievement of the lord Lord of the rings no lord of the rings is beautiful to look at it's epic the movies were great i love them okay three lord the three lord of the rings movies Yes. Those other movies are trash. All right. The Hobbits. The Hobbits. Okay. Okay. The Lord of the Rings were utterly fantastic, but the cachet of the Lord of the Rings is not the movies. That's not what the fandom of the Lord well, of the Rings. Well, well, ah, no, no, think... no, there's no, there's no debate there. There's no debate to be had, dude. There's no Lord debate of the to Rings, be had. On, no, I'm sorry. What Peter Jackson? What Peter Jackson did is phenomenal. I, phenomenal. I, I, I love them. I love them. There's, they're epic, right? But, but they don't have the same kind of. They don't stay like, power. Something like I can pass through it. Like if it's playing on TV, I could. Yeah, go I'm not going to sit and watch it. It's not. But what I'm saying is, is the movies aren't the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings is J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay, but then what about Harry Potter? Harry Potter too. I don't care what group of Hufflepuff, Pumpkin, Roarfax, Horfax whatever stuff they're buying at Hot Topic this week, group. It's not the same. Rant alert, rant alert. (laughs) It's like, I understand why people like it. Like, I understand. Right, so that's, so stop. It's not like Star Wars, though. No, Star Wars is our modern mythology. No, it's not. To me, it's the, it's- Artie, Artie, wait, wait, wait. You got to understand that. There was a love of the books before there was a love of the shows. But no, 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 wait a second. Harry Potter had not finished his story when the book started coming out. So they timed it in such a way that they, you know, by the time they got to the seventh book, they were, no, 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 we gotta, we gotta be honest. We gotta be honest. Sorry about that. I I gotta push back on this. 
for us, Star Wars is obviously the be all and end all, right? We can all argue that Star Wars changed our lives. We were seven, we were six, we were eight, we were however many years you were lying at the time, Artie. But think about kids who grew up 20 years later than that and what, 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 what Harry Potter meant to them. You know, yeah. even, even I got to tell you, even when the Lord of the Rings came out, for a lot of those younger kids, they only had to wait a year. I remember bitching and moaning to all my friends about the Lord of the Rings. Oh, you guys are worried that you have to wait a year for fucking two towers or, and then no, another I year. I agree they are franchises. and we're no, no, well But they're hanging. not the same. They're not at the same level as Star Wars. They're not but at the same, the same le level as, of Star Wars to us, to to us, right? There's, but there's somebody else. It's their Star Wars, right? Their Star Wars, their Star Wars is 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 the prequels and the Clone Wars. That's the thing that we're seeing now. That's what we're not realizing is that there's a whole like everything that Filoni is doing and all this stuff that he's doing is based on a on a a, a post prequel upbringing. Yeah, the prequels I, no, are I over agree. twenty years old. Think about that. Twenty years for us. No, Star Wars, the future belongs to the Mandalorian. You've seen that meme. The future, I agree but, but, with right, it does. War. We're talking about like to somebody that kind of grew up when the Lord of the Rings was released. Yep. At our age, when we saw Star Wars, Lord of the Rings is their Star Wars. Harry Potter is their Star Wars. All right, I could. Harry I, Potter is their Star Wars. I, I Marvel and, and and the MCU right now. I'm not. I don't mean to talk over the MCU right now is collectively. What Star Wars no, I'll was. agree. I'll agree. I'm just, you, you're ob obviously, it's a tell how much I like those things, right? I, it's Lord of the Rings, I thought were fantastic movies, but I think now it's passed. Once they've, they've done the Lord of the Rings, and then they started doing almost like a fan fiction verse of The Hobbit and now a TV show, it's, it's left Tolkien. Mm -hmm. Well, it's sort right. of like it's sort of like Dune without. But you Frank say the Herbert, same thing right? about Mandalorian, though. You could. Mandalorian we, has left Lucas. I, I, I would. I, I, I can agree with. I can. I say that. But to me, if somebody's going to take the mantle of Star Wars and say, you know what, Star Wars was great. We dis we did the Skywalker saga. We're going to go on and do something else. But I have great reverence for the stuff that I I loved as a kid. And this is, I know we're going off topic here, way, but this is my problem with comics nowadays, is you can change anything, you can do anything, but you need to have some sort of reverence from the source material to at least continue to put out good product, right? And, and kind of leave this stuff that you loved intact and move on. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's, that's not going to happen. I think. Well, well, but first of all, we haven't seen anything from this Lord of the Rings thing. You don't know if they show oh. reverence. You're right. I'm hoping they could, they could do But something. I'll be honest with you. I don't care. Mm -hmm. uh, to Artie's point, I don't care. But the thing is, that's, you know. You're never a Tolkien. don't care, but there's somebody. You know, no, just, I love the Lord of the Rings. No, no, no. I love the. Did, right. You no, know, you, you did love the movies. You did love I, the movies. No, I, dude, I love the movies. And the I remember sitting there. The movies were enjoyable. The movies were, no, the first three movies were great. You know, it was, it was about the Hobbit doesn't count. That's, that's I'm not counting the Hobbit. I'm not counting the Hobbit. And then look, you may argue everything you want about, about, about Harry Potter, but this no, generation, I, I, I'll, I'll concede. Like I'm just showing what I like. And, and no, ranting. and what you like. And I agree with you. I mean, look, I, I think I, all, right. it yeah, is. And all, yeah. All I'm saying is that the MCU since 2008 
you know, and you got to remember for me when in 2008, it was all about Dark Knight. It was all about Nolan and then the MCU and then the MCU completely in, enthralled me. And it, it didn't do it right away. It did it when we got to Avengers. Once I saw that possibility, then I was like, OK, this is Star Wars all over again. I remember being in the movie theater on opening night for Avengers and seeing the call it cap scene and realizing, oh, my God, all my toys, everything. I was I was that kid seeing Star Wars for the first time. 35 years earlier and I was iron like, man was the one that kind of got me really yeah that's what it, i was going to ask i was going to ask maybe this is for another because no. i would like to know captain america right i was that's this is where i was going to go i was going to ask which since we love marvel movies so much and we think it's kind of like they've done a great job when did we latch on to the marvel movies like look i was i was on board from the beginning but when it became when it really was then it went into my heart and it was like, no, this is my franchise. I remember realizing over the years, I'm realizing Jesus Christ, the MCU is better than star Wars right now. You know, when did that happen? The MCU. And I said it at the end of Endgame. the MCU is the only franchise in recent history to stick the fucking landing game of Thrones. Didn't stick the landing star Wars certainly didn't stick the landing. Think about it. Of the big franchises, Star the Wars didn't that, stick the landing with Return of the Jedi. Well, I'm talking about I'm talking about no, the sequel. <laughs> Return of the Jedi has the perfect ending, and I'm talking perfect ending, and I'm talking about the Yub Yub Nub Yub song. I'm not talking about the remake. No, I'm no, talking the original, the original the with Vlad, Sebastian. There was, a, there was a movie you wanted. You said we didn't talk about, which was Conan the Barbarian. Well, yeah, and we're gonna save that because we're almost at an hour and a half. So. Yeah. Conan is a whole thing all onto itself. You know what I mean? And we can talk about Arnold all onto ourselves about Arnold because, you know, Arnold is, you know, he's super fantastic and super fantastic. He is fantastic. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but uh, before we go, I did want to save this little thing, which Artie brought up, which is like 82 is the best year possible. And I'm not disagreeing, but there are runners up. And that could give it a run for its money. I don't think anything's going to beat 82, but 84 could possibly come close. Are we doing that next? Uh, I don't think we have enough material for 84. We still going to stick on 82 because 82, we still have to talk about video games. We have to talk about comics. We have to talk about uh, music. Some of the biggest albums of all time. Hee hee hee. Uh, you know who I'm talking about came out in 1982, one of the biggest albums period of all time. Um, and definitely video Vanilla? games. Which one? You know, Vanelli. <laughs> but uh, we, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take this up on the next podcast. So what are we going to do? Are we going to stick both a bunch of them? Or are we going to stick with one topic? We'll go around, I think. I think we I think we'll see how far we get. We'll see what one of our viewers, if anybody responds. This is it gives us any sort of a thing. Are there any art giveaways that we want to talk about, Artie? I think I'm going to skip this week uh, and retool it for next week when we emphasis uh, on tool. One of my favorite bands, them Mastodon. Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! Name me one song from Tool. I don't know. I, I have one of their concert jerseys. <laughs> Who gave it to you? <laughs> oh, look, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, 
Um, what, yeah, what, what shirt are you wearing? My wife came back from Texas, right? And nice. you're wearing that? She bought me a shirt. I know. Well, let's stay off that topic. <laughs> I could go off to the stars are bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> so, Texas uh, no. <laughs> Only two things come from Texas. Oh, no. <laughs> Mayonnaise. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did. <laughs> so, with that, I think. Uh, I don't see any horns, boy. <laughs> so, Artie, uh, Georgian Jaded Hat, uh, this will be continued in our next podcast for 1982. Right. Barring any crazy news comes out over the next week. Well, and some reviews. I'll obviously have seen Batman, so I'll spoil it for all you guys. Yeah, let us know tomorrow. I'm eager to hear about it. Um, I will. It's gotten a lot of good reviews. Everybody's saying it's great. I don't know what great means for Batman. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just shocked that they went with a grim and gritty Batman. That's, yeah, that is very odd. It really hasn't been touched on before. So, yeah, exciting. Sarcasm alert. <laughs> All right, everybody, I'm going to play us out. Podcast Cosmic.